Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Matthew chapter 11. Just reading one passage of scripture uh, right now. Where this is uh, this message, really, this series is is heavy on application. Uh, the last series, I was accused of reading half the Bible every time I preached. So trying to trying to uh, to, to get focused in on the application in this series. Be qu- I'll be quoting scripture throughout, referring to scripture throughout. So I didn't just make this stuff up. Um, but heavy on application today. Matthew chapter 11, verses 25, it says this in the New Living Translation. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever. Y'all don't know anybody who thinks they're smart, do you? Jesus said, thank you, Lord, for hiding these things from them and for revealing them to the childlike Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father. No one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. And then Jesus said, here's the focus today. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Father, I pray that we would heed your words today, that we would come to you and find rest, that we would uh, come to you and and, uh, have you reveal yourself to us. Lord, I just pray that that in this message today you would speak into our hearts that we would hear that that the that the people would hear not my voice but your voice as you speak to us and call us in the name of Jesus the strong son of God amen and amen we are continuing today our series that we began a couple of weeks ago entitled called for a purpose called for a purpose. A lot of people are looking for their function. They're looking for their role, for their title, for their position. But God wants us to take a step back and first find our purpose because there's a difference in function and purpose. So there are multiple passages of scripture that, uh, that say every one of us, and we looked at this a lot last week, every one of us is gifted in some way. And that gift or those gifts are given to us by God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he's, they, He gives us those gifts uh, f- to, to benefit the body of Christ and to fulfill the Great Commission. Now, there's been lots of talk in the American church for the last couple of decades, uh, talk about the gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, the natural gifts, the grace gifts, all of that stuff, lots of talk, but not nearly enough engagement. 
We're, we're talking about it. We're studying it. We're analyzing it. But by and large, we're just not doing it. We're, if there's ever been a time when we need to be doing the work of Christ, when we need to be using the gifts that God has placed in each of us, it's right now. And so today's message is called Preparing for Purpose. Preparing for Purpose. If we all have a gift, and we do, if we're all called, and we are, then how do we prepare to use those gifts? How do we prepare to answer that calling? How can I get ready so God can use me to do what he's gifted me and called me to do? And the answer to that is so counter to what the American church usually thinks that I want to take a little time and be really clear about it so we can wrap our heads around what it is God's calling us to do because we're called more, most importantly, for purpose, all right? So in our opening scripture, Jesus made a very specific connection to a spiritual concept. He connected a spiritual concept to a farming concept. He, Jesus said uh, see, a, a farmer would uh, plow his field with a yoke of oxen, two oxen. And when he bought or raised a new young ox, he would yoke that one, uh, that one young ox with a bigger, stronger, wiser, older ox. And he attached this wooden yoke that uh, went across the shoulders and around the necks of, of the oxen, and it connected them to the plow. Uh, the, the benefit of being in the yoke with, uh, with the, for the younger one is that the older one bore most of the weight. He did most of the pulling. But being in the yoke with him, the younger one was learning the whole time. It was training ground for the younger one. He, he was learning from the older, bigger, wiser ox how to obey, where to step, uh, how, when to pull, when not to pull. What does it mean when the master says this? What are the commands of the master and how should we respond? It was a learning experience the whole time. That's the concept of, of yoking together. Jesus said, come yoke yourself with me. I am the older ox, Jesus is saying. I am the teacher who's going to show you how to live like I lived. He's going to show you uh, how to uh, obey the commands of the master. So if you're tired, if you're weary, if you are tired of the missteps and the misdirections, then come and yoke yourself with me. Come get right beside me. I'm going to help you grow. I'm going to help you mature. I'm going to show you everything you need to, to uh, find and fulfill your calling. So, so what does that mean? It means Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. He's the way to the Father, the way to pleasing Him, the way to serving Him effectively. The way to finding and fulfilling your calling is in right relationship with Jesus. Listen, it's not in a test. It's not a mystery to uncover. It's not a program to follow. It's not even an obligation to fulfill. It's simply walking with Jesus every day, yoked together, step by step, Seeking the kingdom first and letting him add everything else to you from there. You see how easy that's supposed to be? Isn't that, isn't that, that's easy, right? But do you sense the stress rising in the room? Like, now we're, we're Americans. We need a flow chart, right? We need a checklist. We need a, we need a list of prerequisites. We, we need a program guide. We need a time frame. We need achievable goals. We need to do all. We need to know the objective so we can get a plan of preparation together. Listen, that's not how this works. That's not how the kingdom of God operates. That's a Greek mindset. That's a Western mindset. The Eastern biblical mindset is about relationship. 
It's about relationship. It's about yoking together. It's about getting in relationship with the right person, who is Jesus, and just learning everything you can along the way. You say, well, John, I I just don't know God's will for my life. What am I called to do? You're called to be in fellowship with Jesus, to walk with him, to talk with him. The whole Bible is full of God's will for our lives. So let's go do that. Let's let's get in fellowship with Jesus. Let's get in tune with the Holy Spirit. When, When you find good works, do them, right? And tomorrow, do what he shows you to do tomorrow. We think God's will and God's calling are are about some five-year plan, some 10-year plan. No, it's day by day, moment by moment. It's give us this day our daily bread. It's right here and right now. And right here and right now, I'm going to change my microphone. How about that? Y'all okay? Everybody all right? All right. Do we need to move closer to the train tracks to get get us shook up? Um, you say, John, but listen, I, don't, don't I need a plan? Don't I need a plan? Don't, how am I going to get where I'm supposed to go if I don't know where that is? I, I need a plan. I need to know where I'm going. You only need to know where you're going if you're driving. If you're not driving, you don't need the map. Only the driver needs to worry about that. Jesus is the driver. He's the guide. He's the shepherd. Are y'all okay? You all right? He's the shepherd. We just follow him. So every day, you get up, you decide that you're going to do everything you can to advance the kingdom. You're going to do everything you can to bring God glory. You're going to treat people right. You're going to do your business in a way that glorifies God. You're going to walk in integrity. You're going to love people. You're going to help people, right? What we, we learned last week, that the gifts, all of them, the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of Christ, the gifts of the Father, all of them are sourced in heaven, They're rooted and grounded in love for God and for others. And their goal is to build up the body and to advance the kingdom. That's the purpose. And I am absolutely convinced that your specific calling will be revealed to you when you start living like that. Or let me say it differently. Your function will find you when you pursue purpose. Your function will find you when you pursue purpose. So, so you might be thinking, okay, so I thought this was a series about me finding my calling, but you're telling me I'm just supposed to start preparing myself for whatever God has for me whenever he chooses to reveal it, and until then, I'm just supposed to do whatever good things I can find that brings God glory. Yes, yes, that's it. Go do that. You're saying, but I, I still don't know what God is calling. Yes, you do. You know the purpose of the calling. You just don't know the function yet. And the beautiful thing is, if you learn to live by purpose, then God will walk you through a series of what appears to be random functions until you're prepared to be launched into your calling. Okay? So, so I know, listen, I know you're thinking, but that's so messy. I need a plan. I need a checklist. That's messy. That's complicated. No, it's not. It's the opposite of complicated. It's incredibly, beautifully simple. Get in relationship with Jesus. Be obedient to him. Trust him. Now, is it messy? Yep, it is. It's, it's, it's terribly messy because all relationships are messy. But they're the best part of life, aren't they? So get 
in relationship with Jesus, and you, what you're going to find is that somehow you are prepared for every step of the journey that he takes you on. Now, let me give you a couple of examples, all right? In the Old Testament, God sent Samuel to anoint the next king of Israel. He knows his, he, so he, he goes to Jesse's house. He goes through all seven of Jesse's sons, and the prophet is confused, and he's frustrated because he knows the, the new king is in the house somewhere. And so let's pick up the account from here and read this, read a few verses. Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? And, and Jesse replied, well, they're still the youngest, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. And, and Samuel said, well, send for him at once. We're not even going to sit down. Until he to eat until he arrives, and so Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome, with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, "This is the one. Anoint him." So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. And then Samuel returned to Ramah. So while David was a kid. He gets anointed king of Israel. He knows his calling. He knows what function he will ultimately serve. Uh, so Samuel did the anointing. He went back to Ramah. What, guess, guess what happened when Samuel leaves? David goes right back into the pasture with the sheep. Why? Because this kid's not ready to be king. He has to be prepared for his purpose. All right? So in the years following, David is a shepherd. He's a poet and a songwriter. He is an errand boy. He is a giant killer. He's a soldier. He's a musician. He is a military officer. He's a wanted fugitive. He's a mercenary. He's the leader of a band of not-so-merry men. And finally, he is the king, not of Israel, but of Judah, for seven years before Israel finally gets on board, and he is the king that, what, that he was anointed to be almost 40 years before. That's a lot of preparation for his purpose. Here's another example. Genesis 37, chapter 5. I want you to read this with me. One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and all of your bundles gathered around and bowed low before mine. And his brothers responded, so you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and because of the way he talked about them. So God spoke to the young man, Joseph, and he told him through two different dreams he was going to be a ruler. So what were the next steps for him? Betrayed by his family, assaulted and nearly killed, sold into slavery, household manager, Falsely accused of rape, a prisoner, a prisoner trustee in charge of the prison, interpreter of dreams, friend of other prisoners, forgotten by said prisoner friends, and then finally, prime minister of Egypt. So if you're going to map out a training program, a preparation for people who were preparing to be rulers, you'd probably have bypassed most of the stuff that I just listed in those two men's lives. But... That's what's so beautiful about the preparation for the purposes of God. His preparation will often make no sense in the moment, but it makes perfect sense once His ultimate will for your life is revealed. 
See, there were skills that Joseph was going to have to learn if he was going to serve as prime minister of Egypt. There were skills that David was going to have to know if he was going to be the king of Israel. But more important than the specific job-related skills that, that we would focus on was his character. Because in every call of God, it's going to lean more upon your character than upon anything else. Character can be taught in a great variety of ways. So even if you're doing something that seems completely unrelated to your ultimate calling, God can and will and is using it to develop the character traits that you're going to need. And listen, it's not just in the jobs that you do. It's not about employment. It's also in the seasons of your life, in the experiences that you go through, in the ups and the downs, in the still waters and green pastures, and in the valleys of the shadow of death. All of the stuff that you go through in your life is preparation for your purpose. So listen, if you are in one of if you're just in one of those seasons and you're trying your best to be obedient to God, but it just everything seems foggy, it's just cloudy, and you just don't know what to do, you don't know where you're going, then and you're trying to just yoke with him, you're trying to seek him first, but you're just in that confusing, difficult place. Just know God is working in you to prepare you for what's coming around the corner. The preparation for your purpose happens in a lot of different ways. And a lot of those ways are confusing and stressful and unpleasant. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't think that you've missed God just because it didn't turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out. Keep doing what God leads you to, even if you don't understand it. Don't refuse to do what he says. Now listen, I want to say this um, as a 50-year-old on the backside of of a lot of living, a lot of good choices and a lot of bad choices. Let me tell you this. Be careful what you refuse to do. Be careful what you refuse to do. So many people have gotten so self-important in our nation now. Stop being so picky about everything. The work of God, any work of God, carries with it intrinsically its own dignity, its own value. Every work of God is important, no matter whether it's on a platform or behind the scenes. Everything you do for God is valuable. So stop pushing away opportunities to serve. Listen, the purpose of some functions is to prepare you for your ultimate calling. The purpose of some functions is to prepare you for your ultimate calling. But your short-sighted refusal to participate And what God's doing in you now may actually prevent you from being as effective in the future that you anticipate. You may know what you may be. You may be supposed to be the king. But if you refuse to do what God's calling you to do right now, you will be less prepared to be king than if you would just be obedient and walk it out. Because you've got no idea what God is going to use to teach you even in the most mundane moments of your life. We have to yoke together through the good and the bad, through the mud and the muck and the mire, and learn from Jesus. Now, because of things like YouTube and and other forms of social media, we have people now who are called influencers. Influencers. They get paid lots of money. 
to um, tell people what they like or don't like. That's the kind of the best definition I can come up with for an influencer. They are famous for being famous. Uh, and that kind of mindset is bleeding over into the body of Christ. We, everybody's trying to be the next famous somebody or, or something. Evangelist Christine Kane said this. I, I, was, I don't know how long ago she said it, but I just heard it about a year ago. She said, all these people are trying to get discovered when what you really need to get is developed. All these people trying to get discovered, what you really need to get is developed. Isn't that great? That's, that's, a, that's a fantastic insight. Stop bypassing things that you think you're too good for or things you think you're overqualified for. Just let God use those things to develop you for wherever he's taking you. And it'll happen a lot faster if you stop fighting so hard. But, but here's the truth. God cannot promote you until he prepares you. He can't promote you until he prepares you. We have to go through the preparation for his purpose. You say, John, well, listen, I imagine I could handle this a lot better if I knew where God was taking me. Joseph and David both knew their calling when they were little kids. If I did that, then maybe I could withstand some of the stresses and strains of the preparation process. And I disagree. I disagree. I think it's really more of a curse than a blessing to be told when you're nine years old that you're going to be the king of Israel. Here's what I mean. Do you know how hard it is to watch sheep when you still smell the anointing of royalty? Do you know how hard it is to accept the reality of slavery when every time you close your eyes at night, you still see the dream? Just trust that God has a plan for you and that He is and will prepare you for it as you continue to yoke yourself to Christ. You see, lots of people assume that their calling is going to involve some sort of leadership, and it very well might. But they imagine how glamorous, many people imagine how glamorous leadership is and how important they're going to feel. Let me tell you something. Preparation for leadership is servanthood. Jesus' last object lesson before he left this earth was to wash the feet of the disciples. And then he said to the men who were supposed to go and, and launch the church in his absence, he said, now you go do this. You go do the same thing. He, if you want to learn to lead, then learn to follow and learn to serve. Jesus said, if you want to be the greatest, you have to become the least. Humility is the key. Not, not arrogance, not overconfidence, it's, it's humility. And it's not fake humility, it's real humility. You can't, you can't say, yeah, I, I can go do my three years of acting humble and then I'll rise to my rightful place at the top. No, God sees through that. As a matter of fact, everybody sees through that. He sees, that's why God rejected all seven of David's brothers. Because there was so much pride on the outside and not enough substance on the inside. That, that's why so many people get stuck in the development stage. They, they won't humble themselves enough for God to use. Too worried about their image. Too worried about their safety. Too worried and too busy trying to protect themselves. Listen, the olive has to be crushed before the anointing oil flows out of it. The crushing is preparation to serve. I don't know a single effective leader who hasn't been crushed thoroughly in their lives. The prophet said, 
don't despise the days of small things. Jesus said, if you're faithful in a few things, I'll make you ruler over many. But if he can't trust us in the physical things, how will he ever trust us with the eternal things, the important things? I heard about an old preacher that used to tell the guys when they would come to him and, and, and say, hey, I'm, I'm called to preach. God's calling me to preach. And this old preacher would look at him and say, you, are you called to preach? Run. Run. Run away as fast as you can. Run from the call. Don't say yes. <laughs> and then if they'd come back to him and say, I, I, still, I tried to run. I can't run. I, I still feel called. He said, okay, good. Here's a, here's a broom <laughs> and here's a toilet brush. Welcome to ministry. Right? And, and it just freaked him out because they figure I'm called to preach. He's going to put me in the pulpit next week. Nope. If you, if you think you're called to preach and you can run from it, run because you ain't called to preach. The calling of God will find you, will pursue you. And if you think preaching is about preaching, you're wrong. Leadership is about service. And I love that. It makes perfect sense after almost 30 years of pastoral ministry because believe me, there's lots of floor cleaning and lots of chair moving involved in ministry. But here's what the old man knew, what he was trying to convey to these young bucks. If you're not willing to sweep a physical floor, how in the world are you ever going to have the patience to help people clean up their spiritual messes? Right? If you can't stomach cleaning a physical toilet, how are you ever going to have the guts to help people get rid of the poisons and the toxins that need to be flushed out of their spirits? It, it's all part of the preparation for your purpose. So if God has to lead you to scrub toilets and, and sweep floors, do it with all that you got. Do it with everything. Do it with enthusiasm, knowing that it either is what you're called to do or preparation for your calling. But either way, you win. Either way, you win. Y'all remember the Karate Kid? I mean, like the real one. Yeah. The 80s. Ralph uh, Karate. Yeah, yeah, him. So what he wanted to be was good at martial arts, right? He wanted to be the Karate Kid. All Mr. Miyagi wanted to teach him was wax on, wax off, right? Paint fence, cleaning. That's all he wanted to do. And until one day, it all came together, and Ralph realized that everything he hated was exactly what he had asked for. I think we're going to have the same experience in, in our lives. Corey, if you'll come on and play something, man. I can look back on my life and say this with complete certainty. Everything you've ever done is preparing you for everything you'll ever do. Everything you've ever done is preparing you for everything you will ever do. I worked in a grocery store for six years. I worked in every department. I was a deli bakery manager, um, decorating cakes and frying chicken and um, doing the donuts. I was a public school teacher, taught fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh grades. I was an administrator. I was an IT guy. I was a school safety coordinator. I sold insurance for about a year, not very well. <laughs> Didn't sell nearly enough to like eat, um, but I did that. Worked in the water chemistry lab at the Georgia Power Plant for two summers while I was teaching. I tutored. I worked in the history department at, at well, what was then West Georgia College. Now I drive a school bus, and that's just my job history. I've done everything you can do in a church 
I've scrubbed the floors and cleaned the toilets uh, all the way up to pastoring a church and everything in between. Let me tell you something. By the world's standards, I am not qualified to pastor this church. That is not news to any of (laughs) y'all. I'm not qualified for this. None of my formal training has anything to do with serving in a church. I have no theological training. I have no pastoral training. I completely missed the class on pastoring in a pandemic. All of that. I am amazed, though, at the things that I use as a pastor every day that I learned from one of these wacky jobs that I had over all these years. Listen, how do you, how do you think David knew how to kill a giant? How did he have the faith to even try? How did, he, how did he learn to use a sling? By watching them stupid sheep. Right? And he said that. He said, I know I got the faith to, God's helped me to kill the lion and the, uh, and the, the bear when they grab one of my sheep. I know God's going to help me to kill this Philistine. How did Joseph know how to run the nation of Egypt? He learned it by running run Potiphar's house, by running a prison, and by understanding the dreams that God sent. You say, John, I want to fulfill my purpose. I, I want so badly to, to be uh, what God wants me to be. I remember when I was, uh, when I was working at Winn-Dixie, I'd take my lunch break and I'd drive to, I was on um, Thornton Road, I'd drive to a little church that was down there on Thornton Road and I would go up there and I'd park and I'd pray and I'd cry that God would deliver me from Winn-Dixie and let me be in full-time ministry. And then a few years later, after a few years of full-time ministry, I prayed that God would deliver me from full-time ministry. You know, you just always think the next thing is the best thing. But God has you right where He wants you. If you'll just learn to be developed wherever you are. What's the, the, old, the old folks used to say, bloom where you're planted. Just, just do what God's called you to do every day. Quit, quit trying to, um, to, to get to the next thing and just learn to be in this moment, day by day. John, how do I prepare? How how do I know what's coming? You don't know what's coming. Just get yoked up with Jesus and let Him lead you from one function to the next function, learning everything you can learn from Him, trusting that He's leading you in the right direction and teaching you what you need to know. Work on your character above everything. Work on your faithfulness. Do everything you can to accomplish the purposes of the kingdom of Christ. And your gifting will shine. Your passion will be revealed. Your calling will find you. But it will be found through purpose. And that takes preparation. Won't you stand with me, please? Listen, I wanted today to encourage you to keep going. So many people are on the right track. They just don't recognize it. They don't realize it. I I would venture to say most of you are exactly where God wants you to be right now. Stop straining. Stop second-guessing yourself. Stop thinking because you're not rich and famous yet that you're not where God wants you to be. The only thing we know of Ananias in uh, the New Testament is that he came and prayed for Saul and that the scales fell off his eyes. That's That's all we know. What if that was the calling of Ananias? And the calling wasn't to be rich and famous. It was just to come and pray with Saul. And Saul went and changed the world when he became Paul, the evangelist. You just who, Who was it that led Billy Graham to the Lord? Who was his Sunday school teacher? You don't know. 
because that person didn't get rich and famous. But they led Billy Graham, who led millions to the Lord. Listen, I think we've got to expand our concept of calling and what God's trying to do in us. And just be, just be glad to be part of the kingdom. And quit worrying about where you wind up. Because I truly believe that nobody ever winds up at the ultimate place. I think there's always another step. I think there's always a way for God to continue to use you and change you and develop you and grow you and stretch you. I just don't think it's ever over. So it's not a destination. It's a journey. So let's just make sure we're connected and yoked to Jesus in the journey. So I'm going to pray. Corey's going to sing a song, verse in a chorus or something. And I'm going to invite you to come um, and, and pray. If you, if you want to come and pray with somebody, I'm going to come and stand right down here. If you want to come and just pray by yourself, you are welcome to come and do that. I'm not going to come bother you. But if you want somebody to pray with you, please come and find me. I'll be happy to pray with you. Also, if you're here and you don't know the Lord, you, you don't have a relationship with Jesus like I've talked about. You, you've heard us talk about it. You sense it in worship. You, you know there's something missing in your life. Then come and see me. I'd love to talk to you about the gospel and about surrendering your life to Jesus. All right? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your word. And Lord, I, th I thank you that it's so much easier than we make it. I thank you that you're so much better than we think you are. You're, you're so good. You're so loving and welcoming. And I just thank you for that. And I pray that you help us to get in the yoke with you so that we can find rest for our souls. We can stop working so hard and straining and striving and just be and just learn from you. God, I pray that you would encourage every person that's here, every person who's doing their best to, to follow you every day and to hear your voice and to do your will. I pray, God, that you would encourage them. And Lord, may they just be more and more aware of your presence, more and more aware of the kingdom opportunities that are around them, that they would learn to sense your nudges and hear your whispers. God, I pray for every person here today who does not know you, who doesn't have a relationship with you. God, I pray that they would surrender themselves to you today. For every need, for everything that's going on in every person's life, life I pray, God, that you would uh, that you would meet them in this altar, meet them in, at their seats as they go about their way, about their day, about their week. Lord, I just pray that you would manifest yourself in our lives. In Jesus' name. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.